Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. It is time for Undisputed. It is time for me to say hey to my two favorite sparring partners, the two former NFL stars and lifelong Laker fans. Oh. Keyshawn Johnson, Richard Sherman, whose Lakers last night lost again to the Clippers, whose Lakers fell to 22 and 23, ninth place in the West, while the Clippers, the team in the basement at the Crypt, has risen all the way to 28 and 14, just a game and a half out of first place in the West. Oh, the shame. Good morning to you two and congratulations. Yes, Skip. Congratulations. Good morning. The, 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 Clippers, the Clippers beat the Lakers. Yay. Let's hang up a banner Yay. for them. Well, you guys hung one, and that's the last I've seen of you guys, right? <laughs> I told Keyshawn we should have. I know. You said it. All right. We're going to get to our AFC and NFC championship game predictions and our dinner bets in just a few minutes. But let's start and stay in the NBA, as I just mentioned. Biggest shocker of the day yesterday, if not of the entire NBA season, was first-year Milwaukee Bucks coach Adrian Griffin. Fired after just 43 games, likely to be replaced by Doc Rivers. Okay, let's start with this. Keyshawn, please, did Adrian Griffin deserve to be fired in your estimation you know it, it, it's funny skip because the word deserve right it's second in the yeah. conference right now behind uh boston you say to yourself do, does he deserve to be fired i don't think I, I wouldn't characterize it as being deserved to be fired i would look at it as saying hey does the milwaukee bucks deserve to go in another direction if they don't think things is working out with Griff at the head coaching spot. If that's what they chose to do, even though their record indicates something different, I think when you look at the defensive efficiency, you look at last year and you mentioned it, they were going to lose something, as you said before, Skip, with Drew Holiday no I longer did. there. They're all of a sudden, the fourth, they were fourth in defensive efficiency. They're in the 20s now. So there's a, 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 a big disparity right there on, on that. Now you talk about, okay, what do they do? Who do they go hire? I mean, the see, we're not even at the midway point, right? This is still the beginning of the season. And you say, well, Doc Rivers is who they're yeah. flirting with. That is the name that's floating out there. And I'm sure within the next 24 hours or so, he'll probably get hired in this situation. Is that a good yeah. hire for them? 
I, I think so. I think Doc's a really good NBA basketball coach who had great success in Boston, mild success with the Clippers, and very little success to a degree with the 76ers. But he knows how to coach basketball. So now when you look at it with Doc Rivers, the one thing that you don't want to do is get to be 3-1 and one in the playoffs. Because you know what happens when he's 3-1 and one in the playoffs. He crumbles. So if they can get to two and two in the playoffs, because yeah. essentially, if you if you just look at the big three that he had in Philadelphia, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you look at this yeah. three, it's kind of comparable, right? You you had Joel Embiid. Now all of a sudden, there's a possibility that you could have Giannis, and then you get Dame yeah. Little and Middleton. You all you had Maxi and Harden along with Embiid. Yeah. So you you look at that, and you say, well, you didn't get or in that situation, but can somebody with the dominance in the personality that Giannis comes with take Milwaukee over the hump and come out of the East with Doc Rivers as a coach? I think they can. I think it, it could potentially be a game changer for them. Yeah, I, okay. I, I just, I don't think it was deserved, Skip. I think you, you know, as a rookie head coach, after you, you fire Coach Bud, you know, who, who had this team playing really well throughout most of the season. I mean, all this time there, they were the highest scoring team, the most wins from since 2018 to 2023. Then you fire him because he loses the series to the, the Heat, which, you know, it seemed like everybody lost the series to the Heat, but the Denver Nuggets. And you fire him and you say, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. We can do better. You say, we need another big-time scorer, big-time playmaker, but to get him, we have to sacrifice our defensive-minded guard, who, who Drew Holiday, who, who we use to stop everybody, who changes the, the fundamentally changes the outlook of our defense. And you get Dame Lillard, who is not known for defense, but is known for scoring. Oh. Dame Lillard can put the ball in the basket. Dame Lillard comes over. Your defense drops. What did you expect? I mean, you, what, what did you expect? And so I don't understand the firing halfway through his rookie year coaching when you say they were, to my notes, they were 14th in defense efficiency last year. Now they're 22nd. And you expect that kind of drop-off when you go from a defensive-minded point guard to one of the best offensive-minded point guards in the league. And then you go on to say, yeah, Dame Lillard isn't scoring as many points as he did last year. Well, Dame was pretty much by himself last year. He can do whatever he wants. He he getting the ball. He getting as many shots up as he needs. Now you got Giannis. You got Giannis, and Giannis needs his. And Giannis is going to get his points. He's going to get the system is going to be designed around him. And you're going to have to navigate and figure that out. You didn't even give this this coach a full season to try to figure out how to make these pieces work. These are two 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 totally different. This is a totally different basketball team than it was last year or the year before that or the year before that. And you got to find out how to integrate Dame into this culture, into this team. And instead of letting him figure it out, you fire him. And, and, and I guess, you know, the 40-point 40, 40 loss to the Cavs on January 17th was a boiling point. But you didn't even have Giannis in the game. So, so I don't understand, really, why the firing happened. I mean, I guess... I, I, I guess you, you, I need more information, more internal information. Maybe things weren't going well. Maybe he didn't get along with the players as well. As, but why'd you fire Coach Bud then? You know? Well, there's a lot of reports that's out there, Skip, as you know, that yeah. Griff didn't 
win the locker room over. He lost the locker room. He lost the players. They stopped wanting to be a part of what he was teaching. That's the the, the rumor mill suggests that. And they made the decision based on those sort of things. But it's interesting that that's even brought up because if you remember, and I love Doc Rivers, I've been knowing Doc Rivers for a very, very, very long time. Mm. If you remember Likewise. Doc Rivers, Skip, out here in Los Angeles, that's what happened with the Clippers and Paul George and company. They, they kind of fell yeah. out of favor with those guys. And so now you're going to possibly insert him in Milwaukee. You know, some of that went on in, in Philadelphia with James Harden and company that they kind of fell out with Doc Rivers. So it'll be interesting to see if they, in fact, go ahead and pull the trigger, how the players are going to respond to Doc as the coach. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you two played in the National Football League. And that game, to me, because I've covered both very closely, is very different than the game that's played in the National Basketball Association. Mm -hmm. The big difference is that the basketball league is more of a player's league, and your league is more of an all-for-one league, where the players don't actually run the sport quite the way the NBA players run their sport. Can we, would you guys agree on that sort of principle, that premise? Yes. Yes, sir. I would, I would yeah, say that okay. the general managers and the owners have a little more control in football. A little more control. Okay. So what just happened was that Giannis and Dame just said no to Adrian. They just said, no, it's just not going to work. It, it's not a fit for us. And, and I believe in the end they fired this very young first-year head coach. I mean, he's not young in age, but he's a first-year head coach. So the point is – it wasn't working for them because it was already flawed from the start. And Keyshawn, you brought it up. I first guessed this. I said, you're going to lose. And Richard obviously alluded to it. You're going to lose a whole lot on defense if you trade Drew Holiday and replace him with Dame. Dame right now is ranked 81st in defensive win shares, individual defensive win shares in the league. So he's never been much of a defender, and he's still not much of a defender. But even worse for Dame, his offense has suffered because, remember, they brought his head coach from Portland, Terry Stotts, in to be the assistant and sort of the mentor or guiding light for young Adrian Griffin as a first-year head coach. And what happened before the year started? Terry Stotts and Adrian got into it and clashed over the offensive use of Dame. And Terry quit before the is back in the preseason. He just said, I, I can't take it. I'm out. Well, that was the first sign on the locker room wall that this was not going to go well because Dame never quite got along offensively with Adrian Griffin. And then Adrian tried to instill and impose on the Bucks that Toronto defensive system that he taught so well under Nick Nurse in Toronto, which is that pressure-pressing perimeter scheme. And they don't play like that. Giannis wasn't comfortable with that, and it was pulling Brooke Lopez too far out from under the basket where he is one of the best rim protectors, as we know, in the game. Strategies, philosophies weren't working. So all of a sudden, you're, you're going to lose because you, you opted, as you both acknowledged, for star power, offensive star power, over defensive firepower. And you've lost your edge. You, you've lost your tone setter in Drew Holiday on defense. And so, as Richard pointed out, 
They, they were fourth. They finished fourth in defense the last year. They're 22nd in defense right now. It's not good enough, even though they're 30 and 13, to contend with Boston if you get to a championship round in the East. So I, I can't condemn the firing. I think it's cold-blooded. I think it's not fair to Adrian Griffin. I think he could make a very good head coach. He deserves a second opportunity that's, that's not as flawed as this one was from the start. And yet, Keyshawn, you mentioned Doc. I know Doc well. You've been around him for a long time. <laughs> it's funny to me because we think he's going to be the next head coach here. He obviously played college basketball at Marquette in Milwaukee, so mm -hmm. he would be a hometown sort of favorite. But the doc I know, <laughs> as we speak, he's looking at this situation saying, I, I don't know, man. Right. It, it's like it reminds me of uh, uh, Michael Clark Duncan in Talladega Nights saying to Ricky Bobby, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby, because th this is an evil, man. Th this is like, how can you win with this? Like, if, if Doc comes in and takes over this team, it's championship or bust. Doc, can you turn this completely around and go but beat see, Skip, Boston? I think, no matter, I think no matter where Doc would coach next at, because it's Doc Rivers, is going to be championship or bust. Right. He can take the worst team in the NBA, people are going to assume, they go into a championship because, again, he has won a championship. He's been to two finals with the Celtics. He's had the Clippers in the running before. He's gotten the 76ers into the playoffs. So people are automatically going to assume this is an easy yeah. fix. Now, one of the things that I would say about Adrian Griffin know. aligned with these veteran players, I think it's a yeah. better move to have a veteran coach be able to align themselves with a veteran coach because a veteran coach like a Doc Rivers – has a better, I would think he has a better understanding of the pressure points for Dame Lillard, for Giannis, for Lopez, yeah. for Middleton to understand, Skip, how to put them in the right places for comfort level because this is, NBA is all about the players at the end of the day. Yeah. You put it on autopilot when you got these type of dudes. I agree. And you just make a yeah. little move. It's almost yeah, like, I agree. It's almost like Major League Baseball, Skip. You know, the managers are good yeah. for five wins. That's yeah. it. The rest is all about the players. Yeah, and, and I think it's tough because I don't know if I've ever heard about heard of this kind of situation working out ending in an NBA championship where you fire your coach yeah. midseason and then your team goes well, I can tell you where it worked out at. In Miami, Pat Riley. Pat Riley came from yeah. the booth down to the floor, and they won the NBA Finals. But he, wasn't, he was already connected to the organization. Yeah, he was connected to the organization. Yeah. And that's Pat Riley. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying. You but said I wanted you to that's fair. know that. I appreciate that that history lesson because I did not know that. But I, it just seems like a situation, and it's not like. And I understand what you're saying about the expectations for Doc, but he hasn't had a tremendous amount of success outside of Boston. Doesn't matter and, though, Richard. And, and, and I, that's all I'm saying is it's for him to have that expectation, and it's not like he's gotten along necessarily with superstars consistently. There was beef with Chris Paul. There yeah. was beef. With, yeah, and, then, and then James Harden in Philly and then Joel Embiid. So it's not there like was. sometimes he, he rubs guys the wrong way the same way. And so it's not like there's a guarantee that he fits in with Giannis and Dame and doesn't rub them the same wrong way that he rubbed the other superstars. Not, or they could get along. But if the expectation is that all of a sudden the defense is going to get better because of Doc Rivers, I just don't know if that's true because that's not Dame's game. That's not what he's not going to be a it's defensive stopper no matter what. He's going to put the ball in the basket. He's going to score points. He's going to be an offensive-minded player, and he's going to have that kind of success as he had his entire career. 
And if you're expecting that to turn around, regardless of who the coach is, I think you're out of your mind. And I, that's where I don't understand the firing. I, because the, the things that you're trying to address, the, hey, they're not getting along with them. Hey, they're not, they, they don't buy into the scheme. Hey, they, they don't, it, I don't know if those things change, even if you hire Doc Rivers, because maybe he goes back to Bud's scheme, but then you're just going back, reverting back to what they did well last year. You know, as you said, they were fourth yeah. in defensive efficiency. Well, maybe you shouldn't have fired him in the first place because now you're literally yeah. just trying to get back to where you were and you fired the guy because he lost to, 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 a, to, a, to a hot Miami Heat team that, that really ran through the playoffs last year. And so if you don't yeah. make a knee-jerk reaction in that situation, you still have Bud, you still have a great defense, yeah. you don't make a knee-jerk trade to, for Dame and get rid of Drew Holiday, then, you, you know, you don't have these same issues, but maybe your issues are scoring. Fair. And now you're number one in yeah. scoring, but you're not happy with it. So it's like, you know, you're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul and getting, getting frustrated with the results. And Richard, remember this also. Management in Milwaukee loves Doc, has known Doc for a long time, and brought Doc in fairly consistently this year as he worked for ESPN as an analyst to help mentor Adrian. So Doc has been around Adrian and the team and the dynamic and the situation and all the issues. He knows what's going on inside that team because he's been around the team on and off all year long. So management is saying, well, at least he has a feel for the team in the first place. But to, to your point, he hasn't won since 2008. So we're 16 years removed from a team that featured, obviously, Paul and KG and Ray and Rondo. And Doc did a masterful job. It is, he said, two finals, won one of them against uh, the Lakers, as you well remember. And yet... It's been so long for Doc, and Key, just the, the stats that you brought up, remember, he's blown three three-to-one leads in the playoffs. That's he's why they got to go 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Sweet. But he's blown, he's blown four, four three-to-two leads. Four times they've been up three-to-two, and he blew all four of them. He also blew a two-to-nothing lead, and in, in series in which, in seven-game series in, in – in, in which the, they've had three wins. He's 16 and 33 with three wins in a seven game series. So think about that. It's, it's horrendous. It, but, it's but, but Skip, it's all time bad. So yeah. why is he, if, if, if and you're reading the numbers are with the numbers to speak, they're the facts. Why yeah. is he held in such high regard amongst the NBA community? Okay, if, I, I think you could speak to this. He's such a good guy. Yeah. And and he's so smart and he speaks basketball so fluently. And you would think that like Phil Jackson, he could juggle superstar egos because Doc has superstar in him. He was a, a not a superstar player, but he's a very good player. Mm -hmm. And just he's he's just so charismatic. He's so personable, so likable. You, I, you've been around Doc. I mean, you just can't help but like him, right? Yeah, I and mean, I think he's built up a lot of goodwill around the league just with his personality. You know, it, it's it's tough to win in these leagues in general, mm -hmm. whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. It's just yeah. hard to. There's only one team coming out in the end. Right? Is yeah. he the most qualified, best coach available? Probably so right now. Probably in this type of situation 
where everything aligns itself, where he is a, a frequent visitor, as you say, to the Milwaukee Bucks and the facility, and they kind of have a somewhat of a yeah. relationship, you they trust do. the feeling yeah. that he can come in, and he may not fix the defense. That may not be the case. But enough adjustments to where they're not in the cellar, they're good enough to still compete because on the offensive end, they're dynamic. And so they can give up a little bit more on the defensive side and still be in the mix at the end of the year. I'm thinking that's the way the ownership group in Milwaukee is thinking about this possibility of bringing him in because he could he could take them there and then go from yeah. there opposed to sitting where they're sitting at with Adrian as the coach. I, I just feel like in, in, the success he had in Boston, they bought into the culture. They bought in. They believed they in what did. he said. They believed in one another. The superstars bought in. And they once they buy in, it is, is what it is. When you're the substitute teacher or you're a part-time coach, you don't have to be there through the adversity. You don't have to be there through the hard times. You can walk out the building and come back when it's good and then walk out. But when you're the full-time head coach, you got to be there all the time. So I understand he's had this relationship and he's been there and he's, he's, he's helped out. But it's different when you're full-time and then things start going bad and guys start disagreeing with you and guys start being frustrated with things, minutes and, and, hey, I'm not getting enough shots. You're not calling enough plays for me. Then they start to then yeah. things start to fall apart. So I think sometimes it's fool's gold when you say, hey, he's been around the team a lot. And they, they really like him. It's like, they, yeah, they like him. Because he's the substitute teacher. You know, he comes in every yes. now and then. They, they put yeah. a movie on. They watch a movie, have a good time, get some laughs, and then he leaves. And so I just, I, I just don't see this being a, a solution where you fire a head coach midseason and then hire another coach and then win a championship. You I remind just, me of a kid yeah. that would throw spitballs at the substitute teacher. Sheesh, you? not me. Not me. I got along with the substitute teacher. I was good in school. <laughs> I was good in school. Come on. I think that was you, Keyshawn. Yeah. <laughs> when a substitute teacher was in school, though, Skip, I didn't go to class. So, oh, well. oh, see, see, oh there see. it is. This is, this is. Oh, well. Wait. How did it work out for me? Wait. It looked like it worked Wait, out well. Keyshawn, did, did you even go, go to, to school. class when the real teacher was there? Or? Uh, I, I took care of business. I, I think I'm okay. Kids, don't miss class. I think you're okay. No, why are you don't telling them don't miss class? class? Don't miss Look class. Look at me. Worked out for me. Oh, Miss Glass. It's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> you are something else. <laughs> All right. In a moment, we got to get back to the National Football League, the AFC Championship game. Richard Sherman is on deck. He's going to pick the winner of that game. Will he pick against Lamar Jackson? Oh, that's, that's easy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Richard Sherman won't be with us tomorrow, Friday. He'll be back uh, for Monday's show. So let's get Richard's AFC Championship game prediction on the record. Love it. Richard, who advances to the Super Bowl, Chiefs or Ravens? Well, I think this is going to be a great game, Skip. I think uh, 
the offenses obviously are gonna gonna figure it out, but these are two great defenses that are gonna find a way to get stops late in the game. I think it's gonna be tied up late in this game, and Patrick Mahomes is gonna have the football, and he's gonna do what Patrick Mahomes somehow always does in the playoffs and drive his team down the field for game-winning field goal. I got the Chiefs winning 24 to 20, I mean 27-24. 27-24, says yep. Richard Sherman. That's it. Keyshawn. Well, it's all good. It's, a, it's Lamar's time, yeah. Skip. It, it really, truly yeah. is Lamar's time. Now, whether or not he wins the Super Bowl, I have no idea at this moment in time. I think he advances, though, to the AFC Championship game. And I understand what Richard is saying. Richard felt that on the other end against the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. So he, he has firsthand knowledge about having Patrick Mahomes come back and yes, do I what do. he needs to do. Yes, I do. Um, but in this situation, I just feel like it's Lamar's time. Like, it's his time. It's his, it's his arrival. It's almost like uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to hand him the, the keys to the AFC for this year. Say, hey, man, I got a new car. Why don't you drive it while I go chill? That's what it feels like, just based on the body of work and the way that Lamar has performed this year, and especially the way he performed in the second half of the playoffs. When you look at his numbers in the playoffs and his efficiency and everything that he did, he didn't have gaudy 500 yards throwing the football, but it was nice 200-plus total yards and four touchdowns and no turnovers. To me, it just feels like Kansas City, not in Kansas City, but in Baltimore, mm -hmm. that they're going to lose this game 31-27, and that's going to be Lamar going to the Super Bowl and everybody will be happy. They'll get off his back about what type of quarterback he is and all of those sort of things. People will learn to appreciate him after this. I guess you would call it, even though their favorite, an upset win because it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay. All right. So I, I will be the first to admit I was wrong about the Dallas Cowboys because I've been wrong about the Dallas Cowboys for 28 straight years. So you got me on that one. Yep. But before the year started, I did pick the Ravens over the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. And I stuck with it all year because, to me, the Ravens have been the best team from start to finish this year, as I thought they proved on Christmas night once again at San Francisco. So I'm sticking with my prediction. Ravens win it all. And all they have is the number one defense in points allowed, they are number one in takeaways. They are number one in sacks. Patrick Mahomes is going to be up against it. And it also sounds like, I know it's still, we're, we're too far away to really know what the weather's going to be it, to be able to, to really nail it down. But the long-term projections are it's going to rain during this game on Sunday at Baltimore. Not a cold weather game because the high is going to be 48. So it's going to be rainy, or if not raining. And I, I don't know how Pat throws the football with the, the wet football. I don't know if it's going to bother him or not. I don't think it will bother Lamar as much because Lamar can resort to using his legs when necessary. So I think Patrick's going to have a long, hard day. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I just think that Baltimore will prevail fairly convincingly. I'm going to call it 30 to 20 because I just think they have been the best team. They love playing better teams. Remember what happened when Detroit went to Baltimore? They, they just destroyed Detroit in the, the first half. It was over by halftime. 
So I, I'm, I'm definitely going Lamar over Patrick. And Richard, I, I would request with you a dinner bet on this oh, game. I, 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 I would 100% take that. Let's, can we write it? Can somebody take note of this? Because I don't want Skip saying the next day that he didn't make a dinner yes. bet and he didn't. But no, Skip, I, I proposed it. You have to actually propose I, it and accept it. That's what right? I did. That's what I've done. And, and, we've, and then you go the next day and say you didn't do no, it. But I, I accept Skip's true. dinner bet as he proposed. I, I believe okay. that you're underestimating. And I hear Keyshawn about. What about Keyshawn? I, I hear what Keyshawn's saying about Lamar's efficiency in this last game. He was really efficient. He played well. Patrick Mahomes was also very efficient. Yeah. He had a 91.1. Against a defense that was using the third string dudes. I I understand. I've seen Patrick Mahomes play the number one defense in the land in in back to back, or in two Super Bowls, two of his three Super Bowls, played the number one defense and and played very well. Uh, And I just don't see that changing. Regardless of the situation, they have one of the best interior offensive lines in the National Football League. They have two of the best guards in the center. So if they have to run the ball, they if it has to be one of those games, I'm sure they can run that. Isaiah Pacheco runs like, like somebody who didn't have a lot growing up. And he runs <laughs> like, like, like he's frustrated at the world. And they, they do have Clyde Edwards-Olaire. He, he runs the ball well. They will find a way to get it. And again, yes. Patrick Mahomes can do it with his legs just like Lamar can. I mean, obviously a different way. But yeah. I don't see the rain changing Patrick Mahomes and, and saying, oh, man, we're not going to throw the ball. Because they've, they've done that. They've had situations where it's snowing or, or rain, and they've still thrown the ball. And so, Both teams are bad weather teams. Right, right. So I don't, I don't see that being a, a factor that Skip is, is, is saying, oh, it's gonna, it may affect Patrick more than it affects Lamar. I think both of them thrive regardless of situation. I think you're underestimating Kansas City's defense in Spags. I think they have had a they, – they are number two in yards. I, I, love, I love Spags. I love Spags, and he's done it a tremendous job at times calling the defense. But he's also done an horrific job, and you look at it and you sometimes go, man, why would you call that? Why would you put mm-hmm. these corners in this situation, mm-hmm. off coverage, blitz zero, you bringing the house in situations and leaving guys out on islands all by themselves? I've seen that too. Mm-hmm. I understand his defense is playing better, but I've seen Spags give up the goods on the defensive side. And the one thing about Todd Munkin and company is they do a good job of utilizing Zay Flowers, I almost called him Zay Jones, but Zay Flowers, in many different ways of moving him in formations, getting him the football in, in the slot, putting him on the outside perimeter, getting him the football. And then there's the X factor in OBJ that everybody seems to keep forgetting. Every game he makes one or two nice plays where that light seems to be coming back on. His health seems to be getting there mm-hmm. to a point where you look at him and you say, okay, so you only got one or two corners, but you got a number. Mark Andrews is supposed to come back, I believe, in this game. Skip, correct yep. me if I'm wrong. You only got yep. Sneed. You only got Sneed at the corner. He only could guard one person. There's yep. only Richard Sherman. There's only one person. I got a whole bunch of little weapons Justin that Reed's I can play with. Safety. Um, they, got, they got good players. They got good they got players. Good players But when we're talking about the matchups, I think the offensive side of the ball for Baltimore at the skill positions a little greater than the defensive skill positions on Kansas City side. That's just... I I, I would disagree. I I would say Odell has the potential and the capacity to be one of the best receivers in the National Football League. We've seen that over over the past. He just hasn't been healthy and hasn't looked 100% this year. And when he does, he looks very explosive. 
but I think you're underestimating this defense. They're number two in the land. Baltimore's one and deserves all the credit in the world, but they're the number two defense, and they are number two in a number of categories for a reason. Chris Jones is a heck of a factor. George Karloftis uh, has had a really good season. They have guys that can get there and guys that have played in big games consistently. And then offensively, we talk about guys that have had drops throughout the year. They have dropped, 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 dropped. And then you look last week, and all of a sudden, Valdell Scantling can catch the ball. He catches an incredible pass over the shoulder. He catches one down the seam. And then all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey looks like Travis Kelsey again. He has two touchdowns, and he could have had three. Uh, Patrick Mahomes missed him early on. But you have guys that have been in these situations before. They have called big games. Todd Munkin has never called a game in this situation. Andy Reid is one of the best play callers in the National Football League and is in this situation literally every year. So it's not going to be a big moment for him. He's going to draw up some stuff that they have not seen, and he's going to call a great game. Now, is that going to be good enough to win? We'll see. I haven't had a stake in a long time, Richard. You want to throw something on it? I want to throw something on Lamar winning the MVP. Can, can, I get a, oh. can I get a stake on that? You can't get a stake on that. You can get a stake on this game. You want to get Betty win this wanna, game? I don't want to get a stake on the game. I'm t- you already got one with him. I'm just talking about the MVP. No, no, no. I want one on this game. Why you don't want the MVP? I want one on this game. Because we sitting there talking about the game. You try to change it. No, no, I'm not. I just wanted to know about the MVP. Could I get a stake on the MVP? Do you want a stake on the game? No, I, I take a stake on the game. I'm not taking a stake on the game. Well, I'm not staking. You already got one with Skip. Well, I, I go to crustaceans and get, you know what I mean? I might get two meals and then just eat one later. <laughs> He's scared to he take shone, it. That's not, well, it's not a fair bet. But look. Well, it really okay, isn't. So Richard, but he told me yesterday, yeah. he told me yesterday on the sidebar that it was going to be a split vote between Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. That's still, that, that would still like, lose me the bet. No, it wouldn't. Like co-winners? Yeah, no, that, that would, would win you the bet. Yeah, yeah. it no, would win would, you the bet. No, it wouldn't because then Lamar would Lamar, be, that would still Lamar, be MVP. No, I, I wouldn't do you like that. I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't see, trick you, you like that. You, you would. You I, okay, I'll make, it, I'll make it even better for you. Outright, he wins the MVP. Okay, I'll take that. Good. There we go. As Skip would say, really? good. Can, can I get can I get wow. one can I get one on the game now? No, I'm not giving you one on the game. But you just, you you believe that Baltimore is going to the suit? You believed it all year. I'm not giving you one on the game. But you believe this all year and it's about to come to fruition. Just give me the bet on the game. Better get Patrick Mahomes real quick. No. <laughs> I'm already betting against him by picking the Ravens. <laughs> Richard, can I get a second dinner <laughs> on this game? Can we do two dinners? <laughs> give me some. Skip, I'll take a yeah. second one. I Kick him while he's down, Skip. Thank I you. down. I will take a second dinner. Okay. And while it's happening, I'm going to send right. you my order while the game's going on. I'm like, well, could you just really? order You're going to send my – okay, all right. Okay, so, Richard, I got a question. So, you made a case, you know, for the last, whatever, month, six weeks, uh-huh. that Lamar should not be the MVP because he doesn't have MVP caliber stats historically. And you made a good case, a valid case – And you also made a valid case for Christian McCaffrey because his numbers are sensational. I give you that. But Lamar is about the eye test this year that I I thought from start to finish, it was the whole year belonged to him because he became the driving force of the Ravens. He's the backbone of the Ravens. He's obviously the leader of the Ravens. He's the playmaker of the Ravens. And a microcosm was what he did to Houston, especially in the second half where 
He took the game over without spectacular stats because he threw for, what, 152, but he ran for 100, and he got it in the end zone twice throwing it and twice running it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the essence of how he played football all year long. So my question to you is, are you, are you betting against Lamar just because you dug in with your MVP case against Lamar? I'm, I'm betting against Lamar because I've only seen Patrick Mahomes losing the playoffs to Burrow and Brady. I've only seen him lose one yeah. Super Bowl. He's been to three. I've seen him lose an AFC championship game to Burrow. I've seen him lose to, to, to Brady in the AFC championship. I've not seen anybody else send him home with a loss. And so it's not about, it's not about Lamar. It's about Patrick Mahomes has found a way to win these games regardless of situation, regardless of what's going on, except for those people. And so I, 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 it's going to take... Lamar to send him home. It's going to take a Herculean effort to send him home, which it usually takes Brady. You remember when Brady sent him home? It took three third and tens, as you always so eloquently put it. I know. To, to Rob I've never seen anything like it before. Never yep. seen anything like it. Usually to send him no. home, it takes something that you've never seen anything like. When Burrow sent him home, it was a dog fight. He sent him home. When Brady beat him in the Super Bowl, he was missing his two tackles. And, and Shaq Barrett, JPP, and those boys got after him all game. But outside of those games, he rarely gets sent home with the loss. We said we we intercepted him twice in a game. We had him against he the did. ropes, down ten points with you seven minutes him. to go. They run off twenty-one straight. So again, this last year, he has a ninety-six point six QBR, your favorite stat in the Super Bowl. Skip three touchdowns. Yep. Again, yep. he finds a way to get it done in these playoffs. He and Andy Reid draws it up. They make big plays on defense. So I just You think if y'all had a better quarterback throwing the ball, y'all would have won that Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes? I think if we would have got some stops, we would have won the Super Bowl. I think if y'all had a better quarterback throwing the football, y'all probably could have won that Mm -hmm. game. And in terms of Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes, when you said that, it it, it made me think. I'm like, okay, yeah, he beat him. He beat him. He owned him a couple times, beat him a couple times. But Lamar done beat Joe. Lamar done beat Joe four times. In five tries, he done got him four times. Mm-hmm. So yep. he's capable of beating Patrick Mahomes, just like Josh Allen was capable of doing it. I understand. Except, except I, in the playoffs. I, I understand. Josh Allen has never done I, it. I understand what you're saying. Oh, you do. But there's a time and a place, okay, that these sort of things, that again, as I said before, Lamar is, it's destined to happen for I, him I, right now this year is the way everything is feeling. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who it is. statistically, based on the way you see things, he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation at all. But based on my eyes mm-hmm. and what that tells me, the most valuable player in the National Football League. So, so, but I'll tell you, I'll take you down a different lane. I'll take you down the, the lane of when Lamar won MVP and had an incredible season that passed both the statistical test and the eye test. They were the one seed. They had an gr- amazing season. And then everything looked like it was Lamar's way. And this looked like the year Baltimore is going to walk through for a Super Bowl. See, it didn't look like that to me because I'm dealing with a second-year quarterback versus a guy that has some teeth now who understands the failure moment in 2019 versus where they're at today. It's a totally different situation. The mistakes that he was making trying to throw the football back then, he's not making those same mistakes now. He got a different offensive mindset. You've only seen him play one playoff game. Man, I just saw him. I just saw him go to uh, Candlestick on was it Christmas? I'm saying you've seen him play one playoff game. 
Yeah, but that's okay. I, I got I enough body John. of work. I got enough body of work and know him well enough to know from a mentality standpoint. It doesn't matter if it's a playoffs or the regular season. No, Richard, we can apply this playoff stuff to those that have not been in the playoffs and failed or had some mild success. He's been in the playoffs before, didn't advance very far. The conversation at the start of the, the playoffs, can he, at that graphic, you know, a little graphic they show, one and three, mm -hmm. they had that, like they say, they had that ready to go, already typed up, one and four. They had to delete that and now go to two and three in the playoffs because they just won a playoff game and he played phenomenal. Right. So you can take the next step, okay? The next step. He went on the road, if we go back to Christmas, and annihilated the 49ers. Even though you don't want to give him credit for that I, win, I think I, you want to get a defense credit for that win, but he scored points. What, what I'm saying is I could go back and show you Josh Allen beating Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. I can show him. Yeah. He, beat him he beat him repeatedly, three Absolutely. out of four. Absolutely. And, and then I can show you last week. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and I can show you that as the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. With this dude, number eight, he's different, though. I, I guess, I guess we're going to see. He's different, man. He's different. He's just yeah. a different dude. Different. Okay, so, Richard, just to sum it up and to be totally clear, you and I have two dinners <laughs> bet, and <laughs> I have... Lamar, Make sure somebody is noting this, right? <laughs> Make sure that, okay, that, that this we, is that we're for the record this. on tape. On tape, forever so and ever, it's a bet. On right? Monday, when we're talking about this, and you're like, yes. "Well, I didn't officially yes. bet. I didn't officially have a dinner." No, on this. no, <laughs> I didn't say that. I got my dinner on MVP show on the record. Okay, it, it, all right, it, we it, got it. If it's tied, that's my win. In a moment, we got to change the subject. We got to talk about the greatest coach ever, quote unquote. Bill Belichick, why doesn't he have a job yet? We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I might be losing count, but I'm pretty sure the Atlanta Falcons have interviewed or have scheduled interviews with 13 candidates. Some twice, including Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh. But the news yesterday was that Belichick to the Falcons is actually, quote unquote, losing momentum. So, Keyshawn, are you surprised Bill doesn't yet have a job? Well, you are losing count. You said 13. You lost one. It's 14 with Rabel <laughs> going in to get interviewed. So oh, okay. you missed by you one, Skip. One up on me. Um, yep. All right. You know, the, 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 the hiring cycle really just started. It just started. After the divisional playoff games, the in-person interviews have just started to take place. When you look at the coaching hires so far, there's two guys. One was an interim coach in Oakland uh, or Las Vegas in AP yeah, and right. Antonio Pierce. Mm -hmm. And the other was Gerard Mayo. They, they're already in. They're, they're already there. Minority candidates, you don't have to even go through the whole process because here it is. So now when you look at the other jobs, that are becoming available or are available, for instance, 
You're talking about Seattle, the Chargers, the Falcons, Commanders, Panthers, and Titans. So far, the Falcons are the only one that we know that Bill Belichick has interviewed with twice. He's, you know, for all we know, he may have told them, keep interviewing people. We'll figure it out. He may have told the Chargers or the Commanders, eh, I'm not interesting. Because when you got these old Wizards coaches like this, they looking for something specific. Whatever that is, whether it's a quarterback, a defensive front, a nice wide receiving court, they're looking for something that they can go, I'm going to hitch my wagon to that because I think I can yeah. do something. Just because a job is available and he's a candidate that's out there amongst everybody else doesn't mean that he's telling people, I, don't, I want this job and I can't get it. He may simply be telling the Chargers, he may have already told the Chargers, I'm not interested in moving to the West Coast. We don't know. So I would be shocked if he didn't get hired if he wanted a job this cycle. I just would be shocked. There's no, there's no way, Skip, in your mind, as much as you disagree with me about who did what in New England and who was the reason yeah. they won it all, you can't tell me a guy that's been to nine Super Bowls mm -hmm. In one six, and I don't give a damn who's the quarterback, that he's available to be a head coach and nobody wants to hire him or have a conversation a guy who's with extremely him. Extremely difficult to get along with, right? That's that's what was proven in New England. Very but difficult all, to get along all with. All great coaches are difficult to get along with. Well, all great coaches are not easy. Yeah. All great coaches are great ones are hard to get along with. For front office right. people, mm, I, I ain't heard nothing about Andy Reid. Except for being hard to get along with, or well, I, and Richard was Pete Carroll hard to get not, along with? I, I, not that I know of. Maybe he was different with, no. with and, the execs. I'm saying front office, not players. Front office because they want things done a certain way. They want it done a certain way. What what I'll say, what I'll say, Skip, is at a time at the time Bill Belichick got hired by the New England Patriots, he was the desired style of coaching at the time. The Bill Parcells yeah. kind of mold, the, the hard, my way or the highway, let's be strict disciplinarian, let's make sure these guys are in line, kind of militant. It, it's different. Now, you fast forward 20 years, you know, 20, 30 years, and yeah. it's a different age. It's a different time in the world. It's a different way things are run. It's a different kind of coaching style that's desirable right now. You talk about an analog coach being pushed into a digital age. It, are these teams willing to, the people that are interviewing him, these GMs or these presidents who would interview Bill Belichick, willing to get fired or demoted once he's the coach because he takes full control of the organization. He's the president, the CEO, the GM, the coach, and everything. And I don't know many yep. people that are willer, willing to hire somebody and fire themselves in the process. And I think... Maybe that's the conversation that's happening in Atlanta. Like, hey, Rich McKay, I know you got a job, but hey, you're not going to be calling these shots once I'm in the building. I want to be in control of when Absolutely. we do things, how we do things, and everything. And I don't think every organization is willing to do that. The New England Patriots were in a position to give him that power once they fired Pete Carroll and hired him. I don't think many teams are willing to do that. So... I just think it's just not the right fit for everybody unless he's just going to say, I want to coach. Yeah. I, so, Keyshawn. Yes, sir. The, the point is, 
if this is the greatest coach ever, as you say, then once he hits the market. I don't just say it as quarterback said it. I ain't the only one saying it. Well, okay. All right. You know how I feel about that, but that's another (laughs) issue. But the point is, it's Bill Belichick. And he's been out there for a while now because their season ended before the playoffs. And <clears throat> it is somewhat surprising that nobody has jumped at that because there are lots of jobs available, but we've never before seen so many big-name candidates on the market. Jim Harbaugh is still out there. Pete Carroll is still out. These are all-time great coaches, along with Bill, who are still out there. And it is surprising to me, you, you say we're, we're early in the cycle, but usually the dominoes just start falling immediately and it goes boom, 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 boom. You saw it just happen in college football. As soon as Coach Saban said, no, nah, I'm out, the, the, the dominoes just went boom, 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 boom over the next, what, 48 hours and everybody had the musical chairs had stopped and they all had their new jobs, right? Yeah, but co- That's college, not happening here. the college cycle hiring cycle is different than the pros, Skip. There's also rules in place where you have to do certain things before you can even get to the end point. Now you say, well, no one's kicking down the door. Does Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, and Vrabel, let's just use those and four Vrabel. as example, yeah. do, they want, do they really want to coach in Carolina? Do they really want to coach the Carolina no. Panthers? No. Probably not. not. Probably not. Sure. So when you look yep. at it, you have to make sure everything is correct and right. Richard talked about general managers, for instance. Out of all the available jobs that's available or were available, there's only one team that retained their general manager, or two. Two teams that retained their general manager. The Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. and Snyder yep. and the Tennessee Titans and Ron Carthon. Everybody else... Is looking for general managers. And a lot of Falcons are looking for a general manager. Uh, 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 Rich McKay is part of the hiring process. Okay? He is. Okay, the Raiders just allegedly are getting ready to hire... Uh, Telesco. Telesco. Okay, so... From the Chargers. From the yep. Chargers. So when you look at it, there's things that got to be put in place before these decisions are made. For all we know, and I, and I like to say for all we know because we don't know, He's talking to Atlanta, but he's also trying to align himself, as he said before. He doesn't mind working with somebody. He doesn't care about that. He can work with anybody, as he said, in New England. Trying to align himself with the right person to bring in with him to Atlanta or bring with him to the Chargers. Okay? Harbaugh, he has a job still in Michigan, but he's flirting with NFL teams. So he hasn't been hired yet. So does that make him... A bad guy, or not a bad guy, but a... a, a no. I, they don't want him or yeah. something because he hadn't been hired? I don't want him. No. No, this is what I'd say, Skip. I, I think in this situation, the NFL hiring cycle is a little different because a lot of the coaches they want to hire, usually once the season's done, once some of these coordinators get eliminated or, or win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, they're done, they're hired immediately. So maybe Ben Johnson has a handshake deal with one of these teams. So they're not Maybe. calling and, and doing all this work anymore. Maybe Mike McDonald has a handshake deal yeah. with one of these de- teams, and he, they're not really doing their work anymore because they already know who they're going to be. Aaron Glenn, any Aaron of those Glenn, guys. Any of those guys. Aaron, Aaron and, Glenn might. Aaron and as soon Glenn as they're might. done yep. with this, this season, you're going to look yep. up and they're going to announce it. Bang, Aaron Glenn has been hired. Mike McDonald has been hired. Ben Johnson 
has been hired. So those things would make sense to Keyshawn's point. Maybe those dominoes are waiting to be to fall for those things. But usually when a coach is available, it doesn't take this long. And so that's why I'm, yeah. I'm really speculating that there may be some dynamic that Atlanta's trying to work out with Bill and say, hey, if you're willing to accept this power dynamic, then we'll hire you as a coach. But if you're not, we got to look at these other guys and maybe go in a different direction if you're not willing to accept that. Yeah, I mean, what is Atlanta doing? What did you say, Keyshawn? We're up to 14, 14 interviews 14. now, 14. some twice. They're dating. Yeah, and, and, Arthur and look, Blank just trying to show his fans, we're, we're <laughs> scanning the globe, man. We're, we're looking at any and all comers here. Well, you, you want to get it right because they did not get yeah. it right. The last time they got it right with Dan Quinn, because guess what they did? They took their time. Mm -hmm. OK, but with Arthur Smith, it was like an instant hire. Oh, I know your dad. We're in corporate world together. I'm going to hire you. You're a good kid. And he hired. It was a bad hire to begin with. It was just a bad hire. So you want to kind of take your time, see it through. There's no there's not a rush. The Chargers, we're out here in L.A. We don't hear peep. We don't hear peep. Right? It's nope. nice and quiet. They're interviewing guys. But we don't know what the real process is with them. So I don't want to make it seem like nobody wants to hire Bill Belichick. No one, they, he's just a fraud. Because that's the way it's coming okay. off to me. As if the dude is just a fraud, nobody going to hire him. No. And that's not true. All right, I, but Go ahead, Skip. Yeah. Go, Richard. No, I, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's, it's just not. No, that's case. the way Skip is presenting it to me. As if Bill is like a clipboard holding guy and they won't hire him. <laughs> Mr. Pencil. Well, Keyshawn, now that you bring it up, yeah, Coach Pencil. Uh, by the way, he got fired, I think, two days ago in Jeez. Philadelphia. So yeah. he's on the market, Jeez. too. If you want that guy, you want to recycle him? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, so Keyshawn, just for the record, since Tom got kicked out the back door in New England, Bill has gone 29 and 38 without Tom Brady in the, that's that's post Correct. Tom in New England. Correct. 29 and 38. Correct. And he made it to one playoff game at Buffalo and Josh Allen played the game of his life against Bill's defense and threw five touchdown passes, never punted and scored points every time he touched the football. Correct. And it was 47 to 17. Mm -hmm. So you don't think some people around the league are sitting back and thinking about what Richard presented, the case he presented, that you got the analog coach in the digital age. Well, Maybe I, time has passed him by a no, little bit. Maybe he, no. he, he's not what he used to be. Maybe no. it doesn't work now. A absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And I don't it, it, I always say this sort of stuff, Skip, because it's true. It's hard to get into these deep conversations when you know too much. Right. When you just, it just, it just is, Skip. For, for me as an ex-player in relationships with God, it's just hard. He's not stuck in the Stone Ages. I appreciate ages. that. He's not stuck I, in the Stone Ages. He is so far yep. advanced on what they're doing in football. But people just assume that because of the record post-Tom Brady. And, and, and that's not true. The, the, they, they had a certain philosophy on the offensive side of the ball that they liked, that they did well with, that they won six Super Bowls with. And then they tried to switch to the Cam Newton situation back in 2020 during COVID, and they were doing okay till, till Cam got COVID. They, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, 
I believe they were at the top of the league in running the football because that's what they decided to do. Cam Newton scored 13 rushing touchdowns that year, okay? They were starting to get into the RPO game or whatnot, and then it just fell apart for them. It didn't work out the way that they envisioned it. Then they go out and they go and draft Mac Jones. He lets Cam go because he doesn't want Cam hovering over Mac Jones' rookie shoulders when – you got a rookie trying to play. You got a veteran, and you know how that goes. The backup quarterback is the favorite of the fans. Right. There's no need for that. So they let Cam go on about his business, and then they have a nice little season with Mac Jones. They go to the playoffs like you talked about. They get mollywopped, and then Mr. Pencil and Joe Judge is brought in, and I think that, to me, was a bad decision by Coach Belichick. And what Belichick did at the end of the year is he recognized that. He went out and got Bill O'Brien to bring whatever offensive innovation he had to the table. But then the quarterback was so damaged from the other two dudes, you couldn't get him yeah. to play halfway as good as he did the rookie year. So that's where you are yeah. today. That's, that's, what I, that's the way I see it. Okay, and final point here, Keyshawn. I now read that Bill doesn't want to work in a major media market. And I'm thinking, Bill Belichick? I mean, he's been the center of NFL attention for 20 years. I, I don't know. I don't get that part either. Yeah, I think, like, he, I think he's just trying to get to these 15 wins so he can pass Shula and, yeah. and then right off into the sunset, which, which, which is understandable. That will be what, what anybody. I mean, okay, you're, but, you're over 70 years old. nobody wants to hire that, right? You don't want to right. hire that for the next five years. I think right? that's, that's part of the issue is because. Well, if it takes him yeah. five years to get 15 wins, yeah. we all in trouble. It, it, but it's only gonna be, it should only be two years. <laughs> But the Carolina job... We're all in trouble, Skip, if that's the case. Right. We, we definitely are. If it takes five years. That's five right. years to get 15 wins? I misjudged Bill. <laughs> God! Yeah. It ain't gonna take all right, that. up next, we got to put Richard back on the hot seat. Uh-oh. We need another Ooh. prediction. Ooh. Will the 49ers turn the Lions back into sacrificial wow. lambs? Ooh. Oh, disrespectful. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Richard Sherman, you will not be with us on Thursday or Friday. You will be back with us on Monday. So once again, need to get you on the record this time about your beloved 49ers. At home Sunday, they're seven-point favorites over those kneecap-fighting lions. So... How many do your 49ers win by Richard Sherman? Uh, Skip, I think this is going to be a fun game early on. I think um, this offense, this Detroit Lions offense, is going to run the ball really well, uh, as they have all year. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to have some success on the ground and through the air. Obviously, this defense has been solid against the run, but they've been horrific against the pass. They've given up 345 in the last five games uh, that Detroit has faced. And so I think they, they stick in, but this 5-0 protection, this man protection that they run with their offensive line, 
is going to come to bite them later on in this game. I think they lose the game 31-21 to the San Francisco 49ers. I think Nicholas, John, Bosa, and the D-line get hot late uh, and, and cause some problems for Jared Goff. You do realize you don't mm. play football no more, right? I, I, I just watch it, and I'll tell you what no, I see. You don't, you, don't, you don't play no more, man. I just analyze it. Um, you know, as much as I am going to probably pick the 49ers, I'm not going to rule out a possible upset. Because no. when you look at this football team in San Francisco, whatever it is, whatever it means, I have no idea. But when they are missing at any point in time in a game, Debo Samuel, they're different offense. Whatever that means. I have no idea what that means, but they look different. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the status of him as of right now. I'm sure he probably will play. They, you know, they got something yeah. that will take care of that and make the it nice. And they got something that will numb that right on up and get him out there but he probably won't be 100%. They have struggled, the Lions, in the secondary. They've struggled in the secondary. They've given up the goods in the passing game and all those things. But their front seven comes to bear. And if they could muster up just enough to get Brock Purdy off his spot based on some of the things that we saw Green Bay was able to do and get him off his spot, then maybe you're talking about something different. I mean, that's just it. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is still there. Trent Williams and, and Kettle and Ayuk and all those guys are there. But if the quarterback is on his back, and you know that Aaron Glenn is going to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring that pressure, especially from the weak side. And when that happens and Brock Purdy, they don't pick that up, then you're talking about a different game. I'm not going to give it all away to score or nothing yet because I am here on Friday. But yep. I wouldn't be – I just wouldn't be – Shocked if Detroit walked in there and ran the football down San Francisco's throat because they just saw Green Bay and Aaron Jones make hay at times running the football. And I'm sure they could go back and look at the Cleveland games and some of those other games where they ran the teams ran the football pretty well on San Francisco's defense. So I don't know, Richard, man. I know you, you're going to stick by the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Bucks, but you may, you may want to rethink it. Just a little bit. I'm okay. So, Keyshawn, am I am I hearing you? You're leaning Detroit here? What does that mean? Um, Detroit? Dinner bet? Stop, man, with that dinner. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm conflicted because I got two really good friends that coach for Detroit. And the defensive coordinator and Aaron Glenn is like one of my better friends that I've yeah. been around and with and, and deal with in the NFL. And I want him to have the success so he could go on and run his own team. So I'm kind of, and I got an ex-teammate that won a Super Bowl with me and John Lynch. And I like San Francisco as a whole, so I'm stuck. I'll let you know on Friday. I'll I'll, I'll sleep on it. Okay. So here were my emotions lie on this one. Just the way Richard has loved ridiculing me about my Cowboys. Well, that's easy annihilated and and humiliated by the Green Bay Packers, I would love for Detroit to go in there and (laughs) stick it to the 49ers. I would love it beyond love. It it would salvage my whole year if that could happen. But I am here to tell you, the harder I look at this, the more I see mismatch. The harder I I look, the, the more I see Cinderella turning back into pumpkins here. 
that, that Detroit is going to go in there. And I just, as we went to break, came into this topic, I, I called them that they could be turned back into sacrificial lambs, these lions. I, I, I don't see how Detroit can stop San Francisco unless Brock Purdy turns back into a pumpkin, unless he just goes haywire and he does have that haywire gene. And Richard doesn't like to hear about this, but he is capable of throwing four interceptions against Baltimore because I saw it. And he did go on that jag, that three-game losing streak, and started throwing it to the other team, unless that happens. But the weather is supposed to be clear and beautiful. So there's no wet ball problem here. There's, there's no issue that Brock's going to be facing. And to Richard's point, Pro Football Focus ranks Detroit's pass defense 29th in the league. 29th? And Pro Football Focus grades San Francisco's offense number one in the league. And I'll, I'll buy that, especially mm-hmm. when Brock is Brock and he's in sync and in rhythm. They are very difficult to stop. So I, I just see them going up and down the field. And what, Keyshawn, what's your favorite phrase? Boat race? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what. Yeah, I, I know what boat race means. I don't know where it came from because boat races could be close too. But some, somehow we use boat race as a wipeout, right? Like it's it's a blowout. Well, right? I mean, Skip, the, another factor in this game is Detroit's offensive line, who have, who have been some of the best it's, in football this year, is banged up. They they may be without yeah. their Pro Bowl guard, uh, Jonah Jackson. Uh, they their yeah. their right tackle is banged up with a knee sprain, ankle sprain. And they've run a protection. They've run man-to-man 5-0 protection a lot of the year where they're saying, even against Dallas, against really good pass rushers, they've run, hey, we trust you guys to stand up. We're not giving you help. We're not chipping guys. We're not giving you extras. We're going to let you guys stand up. And against the San Francisco 49ers and Javon Hargrave and and, and Eric Armstead and Nicholas John Bolson, Chase Young and Randy Gregory and those guys, you you just can't play the game like that. You can't sit there and say, hey, I'm going to one-on-one these guys all game. I'm not going to give you help. I'm not going to. You're going to cause it a long day for some of these offensive linemen, and that's where I think things can get get kind of muddy if they don't send help, if they don't chip, if they don't double team like these other teams have done against okay. these guys. They so, can get. So Richard, what happened when Detroit went to Baltimore? Do you remember that game? Yeah. Yeah. They they got they got okay. uh, run out the building. Boat race. That's you. Yeah, they got run out the building. You got boat race. It was 28 to nothing at halftime. It was 35 to nothing after three quarters. What happened when Green Bay found itself on Thanksgiving Day and opened up a can on Detroit at Detroit? Do you remember that? Yes, I It do. was 23 to six at halftime. 23 to six Green Bay. The, the, they are combustible. You, you can blow them up and blow them out. So to me, I think it's going to be a wipeout, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to call it 35-14 to 14 home team, and I think I might even be conservative on that. Yeah, I, not, I think it could get into the 40s. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know if it's going to get that great. But I think it's Ooh. going to be close for a while. They're going to get some sacks and stuff in the fourth. They're going to start taking people out in the mid-third quarter, Skip? And, and rest, them for the, yeah. Yeah. rest them for the Super Bowl? Yeesh. Rest them for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. That's what I got. Hey, Keyshawn, haven't you seen these these Cinderella stories where a team gets hot? Oh, yeah. And now I'm reading in U, USA Today has got a big piece today yeah. about how they're now the new America's team. Yes. They're America's champion. 
They're the blue collar from Detroit. Absolutely. They're up from nowhere. I, I got it. You know, yeah, and it's absolutely. great. And it's a good story. And you know Dan Campbell, and it's a great story. But all of a sudden, it's going to get real, real right, right before but your I've very also, eyes. But and I've I don't also think seen, they're ready for this. But I've also seen the flip side of those stories, too, where it becomes whatever the real America's team and the, the front pages of <laughs> yeah. newspaper, And then they go on and they do yeah. the unthinkable. I've also seen that when you sit there, you go, oh, my God, Jared Goff just threw for 350 in four touchdowns. It could happen. I mean, it could happen. You know, it doesn't. I'm not I'm just not ready to just cave in to San Francisco because they've been the bullies on the block for the majority of the season in the NFC. Sometimes what we see on paper is different than what's actually on the field. It's it's crazy because when it's. Baltimore, and they've been a bully on the block. You can see it, but then when San Francisco, he can't see but it. I ain't yeah, seen, it's, like it's, it's like he got goggles on But here's what I would say to you, sir. Be, say it. I don't have goggles on. I watched Baltimore roll into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't see San Francisco yeah. roll into Baltimore. You, you've seen San Francisco roll into everywhere and, and just about Handle their business. You've seen them beat Dallas. You've seen them beat Miami. I didn't see, them beat- I didn't see Baltimore go on a three-game losing streak. I saw Baltimore lose to Pittsburgh no. and Kenny Pickett. That's fine. but they didn't saw- go, And that's a divisional team that they see every single year. And for the most part, Kenny Pickett. But for the most part, without me having the numbers in front of me, mm-hmm. I think they split almost every single year. It's a divisional so, game. So, so, again, when that happens, it makes sense to you. But when it... When it's <laughs> Cleveland uh, beat the Niners, man. And they beat, they beat Baltimore. That's what, but, but I'm just saying to you, it's a divisional game. There's a difference. It, how, they know each other. Okay. okay. They smack you. So you going to tell me Baltimore didn't smash them? No. I, I'm, I'm All saying, I'm saying is Detroit comes with a different mentality. Well, I'm, I'm saying you're saying the team with the worst defense in the playoffs they, right they, now. They, and, I get it. By far. I get away. it. They're I the only it. team that, that doesn't have – out of the three or the four teams have a top five defense, Detroit has the worst. But you act like I'm, I'm sitting I'm, up here saying that Detroit going to beat the Niners. I'm just giving a case I'm just that saying. I'm not going to turn my head to just assume I, that I, San Francisco is just going to run through them like Skip just because San Francisco has been the bullies on the block. But you assume that for Baltimore going against a number two defense. No, no, I didn't, I didn't say – I didn't say – I said they would beat them. I didn't say they would boat race them. Skip said that Skip said that the 49ers is going to send Detroit back home with no luggage. That's what he said. (laughs) I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. I said that Baltimore is going to beat Kansas City, and I believe the score was 31 to 27. That's a close game. That's a that's a a one possession game. Right. So what are you talking about? No, I'm just saying. I always gotta correct you, man. The way you're talking about this. It's like you, you you can predict an upset right here. You, you can think this is going to be an upset, but you don't because, think Patrick because Mahomes Kansas City and game, Kansas City can but upset Kansas them. City is not an upset. If Kansas not City upset. wins, that's they're not an upset. They're the road team. They're the three seed. Oh, all, God, stop. That's an upset. They're the underdogs in this situation. They won the damn Super Bowl last year, son. They're not the betting favorite. And I it doesn't matter. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl last year. They're the number two seed on the road with the with – the, a reigning MVP at the quarterback with a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame coach. Come on, man. And they're the number three seed, and they're oh, going they're in seed. as the underdog yeah. in this game. Three seed <laughs> that beat the two seed. 
They beat the two seed. Yeah. And they could have very well been the one seed if they didn't have some slip-ups throughout the course of the year. Yeah, they were rough again. Come on, man. You, you so trying to... You ain't trick me. Keyshawn, just pulled a skip what over. I want to happen, I, I want the 49ers to boat race Detroit so that I, I then set up Richard again. I can bet him four more dinners that Baltimore will beat San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And I'll win all four of those dinners. Yep, you would right? be, you'd be down dinners, and I, I'd be collecting because I come back right after the Super Bowl. We're going to dinner then. So you, so if they okay. see each other mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, you got, you'd pick in San Francisco, clearly. I mean, that's, that's yeah, clearly. you're going to pick them. Clearly. Even though we can't Baltimore not. did what they did to him, and I don't forecast Brock Purdy throwing four interceptions, they still balled out. Whether he threw four, two, one, they balled out. No question. I didn't, I didn't say that. But it, 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 four interceptions were the difference, and five turnovers were the difference in the ball. Did they score on all five turnovers? Yes. They, they kicked field they, goals on three of them, I think, and they might have got a touchdown on one or two. I mean, okay. they got to stop on one. All right. I got to go back and look. Okay. I'm just, you know. You and your We're going to have some teams. fun Mondays on Undisputed. We're going to have the best kind of Mondays, the worst yeah. kind for you, Skip. It's going to be like Dallas is in it. But okay. again, I, I didn't pick a team, Monday. Skip, so don't say I picked the Niners I or Ravens. 31-27, didn't you hear that? Was Ken, that was yeah. Kansas City. Kansas City, Baltimore. That was the only City. team I picked. But, Keyshawn, I think I just talked you out of your upset pick of Detroit. I think I never said it was going to be an upset. I simply you said were, you were leaning. I wouldn't be you shocked or surprised. There. I'm just not going to let y'all just act as though Detroit getting sent home without their luggage. <laughs> okay. Up next, we got to talk about that other quarterback, that guy named Mahomes, off to arguably the greatest career start in sports history. But his three Super Bowls haven't exactly been mocked. Oh, God. We, we debate that next. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Long back down. Patrick Mahomes is off to what some argue is the greatest start to any sports career ever. 
Six years he started at quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now he's playing in his sixth straight AFC championship game. Incredible. Yeah, just for perspective, even though Mahomes has won two of his three Super Bowls, he's yet to have a signature spectacular performance in a Super Bowl. I'd give him a B for his comeback win over the 49ers featuring Richard Sherman, a D for his loss to Brady, and a B for his win last year over the Eagles in which he threw for only 182 yards. But I'm guessing Richard will tell me I'm grading Mahomes way too strictly. Go, Richard. Skip, you are grading him on a weird curve that I don't know who, who, who's at the top of because there's nobody at the top of these decisions at these grades uh, against, our, against us. He had some struggles early on. We held him pretty much in check all the way till seven minutes in the fourth quarter. We picked him off multiple times. Yep. And then he went yep. on an incredible run. He started with a third and 15 to Tyreek Hill uh, that they had to have in a crucial situation with Nicholas John Bosa bearing down on him. He made a huge play, and he made plays the rest of the game and went, ran off 21, 26 straight points to win that game for his team. Then you talk about the Tampa Bay. I give him a B-plus for that because he started struggling, and then he played well when they needed to have it. A B-plus? A B-plus. A B-plus. Uh, and then the game against he, the Bucks when he's missing both of his tackles. Um, uh, you, you got Andrew Wiley at one tackle. You got Mike Rimmers at another tackle. Tackle. Um, I mean, these guys aren't, aren't, aren't playing a lot of great football right now. Uh, and they, they had just lost their starting tackles. So they had an awful game. They had an awful game. He had pressure in his face all day. He had, you know, bearing down on him. He had Shaq Barrett. He had JPP. Um, Levante David. Uh, Devin White had great games. We're really putting a lot of pressure on him all game. I give him a C plus because he survived the game. He threw for two touchdowns. I mean, uh, he didn't throw for touchdowns, but he threw for 270, two interceptions. He struggled. He struggled. Any quarterback would, you're missing both of your tackles. And then last year, Skip, in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, I give him an A. I give him an A, Skip. An A? An A. Okay. Okay, but you said Josh Allen threw for only 186 yards on Sunday night, and Patrick only threw for 182 yards. What was his QBR, Skip? That's your favorite stat. Can you give me, can you give me, Josh? He he was very efficient that day. Give me Josh's. He ran for 100. No, give me Josh's QBR. Because I love you. I know know you don't. Yeah, I I thought it was, again, it's a subjective grade. It was way too low. It was in the 60s. Well, it it was ridiculous. He he took that game over. You once told me QBR is your favorite statistic, I thought. I do. But are you now saying it's not? I don't get that. I'm I'm head scratching on that one. So now you're head scratching on on your favorite stat that you thought most accurately. Okay, but but in Patrick's game, Kansas City ran for the, the, the Super Bowl game last year. Kansas City ran for 158 yards. Kansas City needed a 65-yard punt return in the fourth quarter to get back in control of that game by Kadarius Toney. Remember that? Yeah, but Kansas I also— Kansas City needed—yeah, remember Jalen lost the handle on a ball that he never would lose, and it got scooped and scored by Nick Bolton. So, so again, they scored a defensive touchdown. So, so, so again, I, when I'm describing—when I'm, when I'm grading the quarterback, I'm just grading his performance. I'm not grading the overall game or how the Eagles played or— if Jalen dropped yeah. the ball or not, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm guarding Patrick Mahomes because that's what I was asked to do, guard, grade Patrick Mahomes' yeah, performance. Great. And based off Skip Bayless's favorite statistic, QBR, that most accurately, yeah. uh, kind of accurately 
grades a quarterback's yeah. performance based on sacks, mm -hmm. accuracy of passes, et cetera, et cetera. He had a QBR of yeah. 96.3, Skip. In most situations out of 100, 96 is an A. Yep, and yet the one you gave him, what, a C-plus for? He had a 42 in that one, mm -hmm. the Tampa Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I, how can you even give him a C? I gave him a D because I thought he was, he was awful in that game. Because you don't have your tackles, Skip. Okay, but Tom Brady has had subpar offensive lines consistently through all these huge playoff games he's played. He just gets rid of the football. And if he had or lost it, both uh, tackles going into the Super Bowl, Skip, I yeah. guarantee you yeah. his performance would be yeah. diminished because of it. All right, go, Keyshawn. So what – I'm going to ask you, Skip, because you're the one who posed yeah. this question. What is your yeah. – criteria for a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Like, what do you, like, what do you, when you watch the Super Bowl, what are you looking for? Yeah. What do you want to see out of that quarterback? Okay. Well, uh, was it yesterday you told me that Tom Brady won his first three Super Bowls sort of as a game manager because it was the defense that took the game over? Yes. And in Tom's second Super Bowl against Carolina, which became a shootout, he threw for 354 yards and three touchdowns and was the MVP of that game. That works because Patrick's never even had a 300-yard passing game in any of his three Super Bowls. So, and so Tom has had four over 300. He's had a 400-yarder and a 500-yarder. And in the four and the five, both of those re yeah. results were what? A win and a loss. Win and a loss. 500 was a loss. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So, you asked about these grades. First of all, quarterbacks don't really go statistically crazy in Super Bowls. They become efficient. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't throw for tons of yardage like they may in the regular season because the games are called mm -hmm. differently. They just call them differently. For whatever it is, coaches get tight, whatever. They don't take the risk and the chances. And when you talk about the Niners win, Patrick Mahomes, I gave him a B. Okay, 286 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, four sacks, eight hits by them. That's okay. It's a B. Won the Super Bowl. All right? Yeah. They did, the turnovers didn't affect them. They didn't lose the game. Now, when you slide down to the Bucks, I give him a C. He didn't have any offensive linemen. Their defense wasn't great. Tom Brady in that particular game was very efficient. 200 yards, three touchdowns, didn't turn the ball. Just nice and easy. His longest pass, I think, was a 17-yard touchdown, a one-yard touchdown, and like a three-yard yep. touchdown. Something along those lines. Eh, I'll take that all day from Tom. We won the Super Bowl. Last year, okay. last year, Patrick Mahomes gave him a B, a buck 82, three touchdowns, zero turnovers, zero sacks, five hits. They ran the football for about a buck 60 in that particular game. They did. I'll yep. take that all day long okay. and run to the bank with it. Mm -hmm. Okay? I'm not asking my quarterback to throw for 500 and something yards in a game. Mm -hmm. When I can get out of there, and if you look at the last 10 Super Bowls, averaging, quarterbacks averaging the last 10 Super Bowls, the average passing per, per game, 280. Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowls, 250. It's 30 yards off. It's pretty damn close, I would yep. think. You go to okay. passing TDs. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, average 1.65. Patrick Mahomes, 1.67. You go to passer rating. Patrick Mahomes, 80. Average, 
90. Interceptions in a game, Patrick Mahomes won. Average one. You look at okay. rushing yards, Patrick Mahomes 35. Other quarterbacks average 15. I'll take mm. that and win Super Bowls all day long. Meanwhile, Tom okay. Brady can pass for 500 yards and lose. But it seems like to me, yeah. you want to see Gotti's statistics to prove that this man belongs amongst the conversations as potentially okay. becoming one of, if not the top two or three quarterbacks ever played a game. And it doesn't okay, work so like that. Okay, back to your point. So Patrick Mahomes has averaged 246 yards passing in three seasons. I'll round it up to 250. Okay, all right. Sounds better. It's 246 on the, on the nose. The point is Tom Brady played 10 Super Bowls and won seven. So I'm going to do all 10, including the three losses. Mm-hmm. And he averaged 304 yards passing in 10 Super Bowls. That's pretty sensational. Mm-hmm. And against Richard's Legion of Boom, he threw for 328. It took overtime oh, yeah. against Atlanta, but he threw for 466. Um, the, the Philly game, he throws for 505 and puts up 33 points, and Belichick gives up 41 to Nick Foles. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you could ask much more than that. I don't know, efficient? Will you, I, I don't will know. you stop, don't Skip, you always going better. to that? Because Belichick shut down the Rams and they won the Super Bowl. Belichick stole, okay, a, stole the interception against yeah. – uh, Richard Sherman them and they won that. Stop, man. He, he, wa- he wants, he wants to. He wants to. <laughs> he wants to do it so bad. Uh, Go okay, ahead, Skip. But, but I'm showing you that, that, look, Tom Brady had four times he went over 300, and Patrick hasn't even come close to 300 yards yep, passing. Yep. It doesn't matter. Can I ask okay. you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who was the MVP of those games? That's yep. Patrick won. Patrick. Okay. Patrick. He was. Okay. All right. So, so clearly. Richard, Everybody else thought yeah. he had a pretty good game. Okay, let's go back to your game against Patrick in his first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So let's show what happened. Late third quarter, they're down 20 to 10, mm-hmm. and Patrick throws an interception. I think we're, we can roll that now if we have it. And it was a bad idea interception. Uh, I don't know. Were, were you on the field for these? I, don't, I, I was know standing, exactly I was standing how... right next to the guy that intercepted it. Uh, they ran a, okay. a seven-pump right. curl. All right. Okay. All right. So that was yeah. the first one. Crazy. I had first and, time I had And then, okay. Seven so, pump. Watch so it. now. Seven pump with Tyreek. Are we, are we showing it right now? I'm not even sure. Okay. Are we Bang. showing? Yep. There we go. Oh, there you are. I got it. Okay. No, All right. So no. we're showing the first one right now. They're down 20 to 10. I've never seen it. And, and I would think. You, you could close this deal because he comes right off this early in the fourth quarter and he throws another interception. If we could see the one early in the fourth quarter, he throws another interception over the middle. It's behind Tyreek. And there we go. Right? So, Richard, you would think you guys could close the deal. But the problem is you've got Jimmy G at quarterback. And in the fourth quarter, he goes three for 11 was an interception for a grand total of 31 yards. And it, it's on Jimmy G that you, you can't take advantage of those two interceptions. Am Skip, I right? Skip, no, it's, it's – Skip, <laughs> <laughs> this game came down to a third and 15, Skip, where they ran a dagger seven with Tyreek Hill. A dagger is a 15-yard in. A seven cut is a, is a corner yeah. route yeah. for the fans. Yeah, we got um, it. We're, and 
Yeah. And they were losing 20 to 10, and we have the lead, third and 15. We get pressure yep. on him. Yeah. We drive the dig instead of staying high with the seven cut. Patrick puts the ball up. Tyreek catches it. The rest is history. They got the momentum. They got everything. They end up scoring on that drive. They end up getting a, a, a couple passes later on. They score on those drives, and they score, and they score, and they score. Skip, that's what it came down to. If, if, if 20 okay. to 10, as a number one defense, that's enough points to win that game. Okay, as I said on the third and 15, it was like Patrick threw a punt to Tyreek. He had to stop and come back and wave for a fair catch. And you, but you it can't got tell there, me that Skip. Some, why does that matter? Okay, okay, somebody completely blew a coverage on that side, Richard. Is that fair to say? Well, he just made a mistake. He made a mistake. And But, but Skip, I've okay. also seen, because you're saying this as if I, I haven't played against uh, Thomas Patrick Edward Brady yeah, Jr. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we played against him. We lose our nickel in the first drive. But before we lose him, he intercepts Brady in the red zone and cover two, first drive of the game, and then he tears his ACL and fractures his arm, and so he's out the rest okay. of the game. And, and then things get jumbled around. They attack Therold Simon for three touchdowns the rest of the game. The rest is history. But, Skip, people throw interceptions in Super Bowls. Even the GOAT has thrown interceptions in the Super Bowl. Rich Gannon was the MVP, and he served him up like it was a platter to us. <laughs> he was the MVP that year. And he was John, just giving them. I covered those Raiders. I was with them all year long. What was the score? Fifty-five to something. I can't even. Yeah, it was. It was. It was wasn't pretty. Bad. They got back. They got a kind of fake. Got back in yeah. it to make it look respectable. You, 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 this guy named Peyton Manning, who was pretty good at football, Skip. We played him in a Super Bowl too. He threw a couple of them things, Skip. And guess I'd what? Say. It happens like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. even the greatest of them. It okay, makes so me you. Yeah, go, go. No, I said it makes me feel like that there's just mad disrespect for Patrick Mahomes' abilities in Super Bowls when he's two and one. Right. I don't, I don't. He's two and one, but I'm just saying he was very fortunate that Jimmy G wasn't able to seize the momentum that he kept handing them. Yeah. It's hard to win a Super Bowl where you're down 10 and you throw a late third quarter and an early fourth quarter interception. So, so, it's just hard to do. Has, the odds are way against you. Has Tom ever been fortunate that things happen? I was literally about to say, you know, Tom was very fortunate that Willie McGinnis them slammed the Rams receivers to the ground so they couldn't get out, and the league changed the yeah, rules. I got you. I mean, like, come on, Skip. And then, and then, okay, what, what, but come what's, on, Keyshawn. Wait a second. Wait a second. In, in that Super Bowl, Tom completed five straight passes on that that last ditch drive for, to set up the forty nine yard field goal. But but you, you don't give, give Patrick that. Mahomes credit for a third and fifteen that he had to but have. But you in go, a you go, but you gonna give Tom credit for four <laughs> dinks and dunks and one over the middle Richard, to he, put him in the field goal the range. Third and fifteen, Patrick throws a no look. He just sort of whips it up into the deep it, flat, it, like it, he just throws up a, a, a no look completions. It, it got completed. It okay. It worked. Way to go. Congratulations. I thought like there eight. was a little or a lot of luck involved. So you do understand. I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. Okay. You do understand Patrick yeah. Mahomes in six seasons as a starting quarterback in a National Football League, Skip, yeah. is on the doorsteps of going to his fourth Super Bowl mm. in mm-hmm. six seasons. Okay. 
Okay. Do you think before he's finished, we could see one Super Bowl in which he throws for more than 300 yards? I don't care. You know what? I don't think that's a lot to ask. I don't give a damn if they run the option (laughs) and bring Tom Osborne in to run it and they win it. I I don't care. They win the Super Bowl. Who cares if it's 300, 100, 150? Who cares? So Brady goes 10 Super Bowls and averages 304 per game? Ah, yes, because he needed 900 yards that's in two games. Skip, how many Super Bowl MVPs does Tom have? I think he has two, right? He, is it two? He should have one more because Deion Branch won but, one but that he is didn't it two? deserve against is it, does he have Philadelphia. Two? Is it two, Skip? Uh, let's see. He was Carolina. Because Patrick know, has that time. many right now, and if he gets I one. I think Tom might have three. Yeah, I think it might be three. Two I, mean, I think seven. he might have three. I, I think, I did he get it's five? Jeez. Five. <laughs> you got five? Okay, there you yeah. Go. Well, yeah. Then, Pat, then Patrick Mahomes got some work to do. But, five. again. And Deion Branch stole one, so just remember that. Oh, God, no, Skip. Come on. Yeah. Well, he did. Deion Branch was an important part of that Super Bowl. He was such an important part of that Super Bowl. You're unbelievable. He threw for 307 yards. The man threw for 1,000 yards in two games. Average it out, All Skip. Right. Make, make sense, as, right. as Richard would say. Make it make sense. I think. I made my case. Uh, All right, up next, we got to get back to Doc Rivers potentially coaching the Milwaukee Bucks. Can he turn them back into what everybody thought they were going to be, NBA champions? Nice. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors often running small businesses right in your community. Plus. They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Okay, if in fact Doc Rivers takes over as head coach of the Giannis and Dame Bucks, the question looms, how far will they go now? Keyshawn, you first, please. You know, Skip, that's a, a fair question, right? How far? If, if Doc is the guy. I'm, I'm, yeah. if, if the crazy thing is I've said we've been here, what, an hour, two hours, or whatever the number is, and I and, I've gotten excited about the possibility of Doc Rivers taking over for the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Because as I, okay. as I continue to look, and I say to myself, Giannis willed his team to victory in the championship a couple years ago despite having a hyperstended knee. He came out, gave him 50. Yep. Oh, you, you know the story. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Giannis is not going to allow this team to fail. And neither is Dame that came over from Portland. So I'm looking at the big three. And I'm saying to myself, they only can go up from here. They can't go down. And they got a coach, a veteran coach who knows how to coach. I understand they hadn't won since 2008 or whatever is NBA final. Okay, there's a lot of coaches that hadn't won in a while but still can coach. And Doc Rivers is certainly one of them. Did he have mishaps along the way? Has he uh, uh, squandered opportunities in 3-1 leads and 3-2 leads in playoff series? Yes, he has. Yeah, he has. But that doesn't mean that that's going to happen again in Milwaukee. So when you look at the Philadelphia Big Three, and you talk about what I say Maxi and Embiid along with James Harden last year, mm-hmm. they averaged 74.4 points. The Bucks this year for that Big Three, if you want to call it a Big Three, they're averaging 72. You're, you know, you talk about um, rebounds per game, 20 for both across the board. Assists per game, 18 across the board. So he's getting a very similar situation. The difference is, for me in this equation, is Giannis. I love him, B. I love him. But it seems like Giannis is always available when Embiid wasn't always available Mm -hmm. in certain situations. And so I like the opportunity it presents itself, it could present itself for Doc Rivers. If he can somehow get rid of those 3-1 hiccups, those 3-2 hiccups, because they're going to the playoffs. Me and you and and, and Richard, I have to be the head coach, though y'all be my lead assistants or whatnot. We could Mm -hmm. coach them to the playoffs. So imagine the experience that Doc brings and the knowledge that he may bring to this team come playoff time. And I know you, you, you say, well, the defense is the problem, defense is the problem. Yeah, they can fix a little bit of it. You don't have to fix it all because it's all about scoring. And as long as you can stop the other team from scoring more than you, you'll be in good shape. I, 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 I think that Doc can fix some of their ailments on defense. I, he has been historically great. His teams have been great defensively most of his career. The efficiency has been there. But could you imagine what Doc's career would have been if they had fired him halfway through his rookie year coaching because because his team was second and it's you know what yeah. I mean like give a coach a chance Good point my goodness right. but at the same time he doesn't have a great playoff history it's 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 actually insane his record is 16 and 33 in playoff series that his team has won three games skip that his team has won three games it's- that's a rough deal, wrong. and that doesn't that doesn't shouldn't give you the most confidence because these are talented teams. I mean, the Clippers were a really talented team. The Sixers were a really talented team. He's coached some really talented teams, so it's not lack of talent. And offensively, they're number they're tied for number one in points per game with the Pacers right now. They so it's not like they w- weren't getting it done no. offensively. They weren't scoring points, yeah. and it's not like they weren't able to beat Boston. They blew Boston out. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, and you still fired a coach. They did. They, they, they beat Boston. What, what, what did they beat them, Skip? They beat them. 
135 to 102. Mm-hmm. They beat them by 30, yeah. 33 points, and you fired that head coach who, who has beat the number one seed in your conference right now and beat them badly. And, uh, the, the, and now I just don't know how much more Doc can get out of this team than, than they were already getting. Like, what, what else is he going to get that Griffin wasn't getting? You, you're going to get more defense, and then you're going to get less offense. It's not like you're going to, hey, we're going to thrive more offensively, and we're going to defense is going to go up. One is going to affect the other. Either you're going to score more points and, and, and stop less, or you're going to score less, and you're going to get more defensive stops. That's usually how it goes. So I just don't know. So why did the players want him out then? Well, sometimes you just don't get along with a guy. Sometimes you just—they got more respect for Doc for what he, because of what he's done and in the history. Why, and that's why you get over the hump because of the respect level. That's, that's why you maybe. feel a certain way because you got a coach that you respect, a veteran coach, Skip, that comes in here and he—he's talking to you different. It feels different. Maybe. You align with him. Yeah. You see eye to eye with him. And now you say, well, the defense is going to get slightly better. Maybe that's all they need. Maybe the offense doesn't suffer. Maybe the defense yeah. just get better a little bit, Skip, and they feel better about that. Okay. I'm with Richard that I feel really sorry for Adrian Griffin. He did not get a fair shake or shot. I believe he can coach. I think they picked him because they knew he could coach, and he fell into a trap because the whole mentality got changed when they swapped Drew Holiday and his defensive mindset and his winner's intangibles for Dame. And I'm not saying Dame is not a winner. He just never won at the highest level. He is way better on offense than Drew is, obviously, though Drew would take and make big shots and big moments for the Bucs. But their, their whole defensive mindset, the tone was set by Drew. It's why they fell from fourth overall in defense a year ago to 22nd now. They are who they are and who they are not. And Doc would have to accept this is who we are and I'm going to have to work with what we're not. They're more of an offensive basketball team. As Richard pointed out, they can still score it at the highest level. They can win with their offense. Will they ever be as good as they were under Coach Bud? Because they went five straight years at or near the top defensively for five straight years. And that was their bread and butter. That was their signature. That was their mindset. When, when they walked in the door of the arena at night, they, they, they were like, we're going to lock you up and lock you down on defense. We're not going to outscore you. We're going to keep you from scoring. Now, with Dame, it's got to flip the script, and they have to just come in and outscore teams, and they're highly capable. Can they beat Boston? Because Drew Holiday is now a Celtic. I don't think they can. I think Boston's defensive mindset is returning what they had under Ime Udoka, obviously, before he blew himself up there and is gone. But the point is, I still don't think they're better than Boston, and yet the one thing – Doc brings, as Keyshawn can attest, he's great with superstars. He's a superstar. He's a TV star, and he's a made man. He's got his ring. He's been to two finals. And Doc has star power to him if you've been around him. He's very charismatic. And because of that, he'll be better for Dame and maybe for Giannis. Maybe they'll feel a little more comfortable, like they can trust him more in big spots and big moments than they could a first-year coach in Adrian. So, I'll give him a shot, but I, I, 
I think uh, Keyshawn's going to pick him to win it all. I'm I'm still not. I, I still think there, there's going to be something you missing. Can't, you cannot <clears throat> speak for me, Skip. I feel like this team, and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, just the feeling with Doc on it, the feeling feels like his Boston teams to me. Just the feeling of it. And here's why I say that. Yeah. Because when you talk about personalities, yeah, those I guys agree. and I Paul Pierce and Ray and them, and, and, and KG, they aligned with Doc. Where in Los Angeles, there was a, this, you know, it was a, Chris Paul and him didn't, you know, it was all that. Then James and Harden. Blake and Chris Paul. Blake and Chris didn't get along. Blake and Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and so this feels different. It just feels like okay. that Giannis is going to accept the coaching. It, it, it yeah. seems like Dane will accept Middleton Lopez. They will accept. The coaching yeah. where those Lake, uh, those Clipper teams and those 76er teams, I'll it was too that. much other stuff yeah. going on. And by the way, they it, someone just um, tweeted out that they agreed to terms to hire oh, uh, good. to hire Doc Rivers as the Doc, next good. Good for him. coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's it. This is going to be interesting. All right. But it's like how yes. long before they turn on him? Like, that's what I don't understand. How long before they turn yeah. on Doc? Like, once you start a pattern of turning, they turn on Bud. They turned on Griffin. They turned on Doc. Like, it, 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 once you start to get in that pattern, like, man, I'm not liking what well, he's doing. Well, Dane wasn't there with Bud. But, but that's what I'm saying. When you start to say, I'm not liking what he's doing, and we got rid of this other dude, let's, let's get rid of him, too. Like, then, with, like, it's a slippery Maybe. slope that you go down. Yeah. All right, back to the National Football League, back to what happened Sunday at Detroit. How big a blunder was it? For the Bucks coach, Todd Bowles, to not use the timeout that he had left at the end of the game. We discuss next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Controversy lingers over the way the Bucks at Lions playoff game ended. Bucks coach Todd Bowles had a timeout he chose not to use because he said yesterday the game was over. Well, not quite. So, so Keyshawn, big deal or no big deal to you that Todd Bowles didn't utilize that last timeout? Not, not a big deal. I mean, I know you say, well, you can anything can happen. They can botch a snap, yeah. whatever the case is. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's really, it's really. Not that big of a deal. Um, you know, you got to think, a minute 33 left, Tampa's on the 28-yard line. I mean, Lions at the ball at the Tampa's 28-yard line with a minute 33 to go. What are they going to do, kick a field goal? I mean, like, what you going to do? That, but in all honesty, though, Skip, that's not the question. Yeah. I don't care about that, taking that time out. I know, you, you care about the go for two. Tell right? me why you went for two. Right. Why are know. you chasing points? Know. I don't know. That's the question that I want to know, is why didn't you just take the PAT? Yeah, Yeah, just take the PAT. Four and a half to go, get a stop, pin them deep. You got two minutes to go. Boom, 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 go down and tie up the game. Right. 
Right. I, 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 I don't see it as a huge deal. I, I see what Todd saw I, I, as an inevitability. If this, if this is a 60-yard field goal or something, sure, you could send everybody and, and, and hope and pray you block the field goal and maybe do something, but I don't see it as a huge deal, you know, as they're making it out to be like, oh, well, they had a chance to win this game. Even if they missed the field goal, you got no timeouts. You got to drive the ball down the field, and you got to go for two and make it. Uh, it's, it, it was yeah. a lot that needed to happen to get the win. Could he have done it? Sure. He didn't want to. You don't want to leave your players out there with and just no. wasting time. Yeah. Okay. Just know this: the people upstairs in Tampa do not think this was a big deal. But they do wish that, that he had at least tried because the point was here, Detroit messed it up first because Detroit had it to kneel out the game. And Coach Campbell said after the game, it's on me. I messed it up because they didn't run the clock all the way down. They snapped the ball too early on the last snap, and it gave suddenly Todd Bowles a chance to call timeout and to force them to make a choice because the choice would have been they could try a 49-yard field goal just to ice the game because that would have put them up 11, or they could have just punted. It would be a pooch punt, you know, try to punt them deep, you know, try to pin them inside their 10-yard line. So just theoretically, if Dan Campbell had then messed it up again and tried for the field goal, that would have been 49 yards, and missed the field goal – then Baker gets the ball back at his 39-yard line with 30 seconds left. So that was a possibility if you tried the field goal and missed it. I know this is complicated, but obviously, if you have a timeout, you might as well try, even though it feels like a million-to-one shot that anything would work out. We've seen these things work out before where Hail Marys get hit and connect. So... Detroit should have run the clock out had the after Baker threw the late interception. The game should have been over, but then Dan Campbell didn't manage the clock right to kill the clock, and it left Todd Bowles the opportunity to use a timeout that he did not use, and he should have. And he probably should have owned it after the game and just said, hey, I, I just didn't use my timeout. But he said, well, the game was over. Well, it, it, it wasn't completely over. And I don't know how you guys would feel if you're, you know, if you're playing for Tampa at that point. Would you want your coach to go ahead and you, you know, take the shot at one last gasp and use the timeout? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> would, uh, uh, I mean, it, 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 I guess I, I, mean, I guess it chance. depends on the kind of uh, the, the competitor. If I think I can block the field goal or I think we can block the field goal, then, then maybe we, we, we'd have those conversations. But, I mean, I played on defenses okay, that always felt like they had a chance. Okay, but, but again, that Badgley kid who kicks for um, Detroit, he, on 50-plus, he was 5 out of 13. I think he's 3 or 4 from 49. So is there a chance if they went for a field goal, he would just miss it and you would get it at that spot? There's a chance. Yeah, but they, wasn't, so, they were probably not going to go for the field goal. So... What, I, I don't know. I don't know what they would have done. Right, we don't Maybe. know. Maybe. A lot yeah. of speculation. That's a long, that's a, that, in that situation, if they block that and scoop and score. Oh, well, then you can't thing. put yourself. Dan Campbell can't put himself in that position okay, where all of a sudden yeah. I'm trying with a field goal kicker that, what did you say, was five for 30? 
Five for 13. Oh, five, five for 13, 13 from, from, from 50 plus. From That's 50 plus. Five for 13, 50. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. So here's the upshot of this. I think the people who run the box, from what I'm told, are so happy with the job Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield did this year that, that this is just nothing to them. Yeah, that, because nobody really expected them to do much. And obviously they beat Philadelphia. We're about to talk about the Eagles next. They beat them 32 to nine. They went up and played a very good game at Detroit against, as you guys just pointed out, a very good Detroit team. They were tied in the fourth quarter. They had a chance. They cut it to what should have been seven. I don't know why he didn't it, just kick the point and seize the momentum of it, but they, they gave a good account of themselves. They had a very good year overall. They're committed to Baker. I think they're going to sign him for three more years and give him decent money uh, that he earned. And it's onward and upward in Tampa. Yeah, the Glazer family feels very confident. I mean, obviously, there was talks of Todd being on the hot seat coming into the season. They had $88 million yeah. in dead money because of Tom Brady retiring. They and, and they because pushed it, pushed it. Yeah. And so to be able to have this kind of success, go to the playoffs, get a win with Baker and a $4 million deal, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. it, 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 they overachieved, so they got to be happy with it. They did. No, they are. All right, speaking of those Eagles, up next, they have now fired both coordinators. And is it even remotely possible they would consider trading Jalen Hurts? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So now the Eagles have fired both their first-year coordinators, Sean Desai, who got demoted at midseason, Brian Johnson also gone. Sounds like they'll keep Nick Sirianni, but Mike Florio had an interesting column pointing out that it wouldn't be that cap-damaging to trade Jalen Hurts if, of course, he agreed to waive his no-trade clause. Of the Eagles' closing collapse, which was six losses in their last seven games, Mike Florio wrote... It feels like something big happened, something we don't know about, something we might never know about. Whatever it was or is could be enough, in theory, to make the team or the player, meaning Hurts, interested in making a change. What? Whoa. Keyshawn, what do you think is going on with the Eagles? Nothing. They just doing what everybody does. They doing some house cleaning at the end of the season on their coordinators that you had to do something with the coordinating position, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because you already did it in the middle of the year. So now that didn't work out. You, what you gonna go back to uh, to uh, uh, what's it, to uh, Mister? I keep calling Coach, Coach Pilsen. Yeah. You gonna go to yeah. Coach Pilsen? No, you're not gonna do that. He's gone too. He's yeah. gone. So they you gotta. Yeah. And then and Brian Johnson, I'm sure he just, you know, for him, he's like, man, I don't really want to deal in this situation, in this space where I'm going to be demoted or, or embarrassed and I'm getting all this heat because the offense was one way one year and it's another way another year. 
you got to do that. And as far as, I mean, I, I never really go in on people that write stories, though, Skip, because that's just not my style. Yeah. But there's certain I people understand. in this industry, I can't listen to them. Yeah. I don't, I, I just can't. I'm sorry, Skip. I can't listen to the hypothetical what ifs and I'm getting this because they're so wrong on so many things. How in the hell are you going to move on from Jalen Hurts? Right. Okay? Ain't nothing in that contract that says, oh, we can move on from Jalen Hurts. There's nothing there. The man is due so much money that he's going to get that yeah, money. But, nothing but it's that, about half the money that Dak is due, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but they, but, but again. What do you mean half the money Dak is due? Because Dak's due like no, 60 if, million. No, if they trade, if, if they traded Dak, the, the, the cap charge is it's twice as much as Jalen's is. I don't yeah, know. This, but, it's, that is a cap friendly trade charge if, in fact, you traded him. Yeah, you, you, you trade Jalen Hurts, you get hit with about a $40 million cap charge. That's not friendly. Everybody no, thinks like Super Bowls are like M&Ms. You just dig in, the, dig in a pot and pick them up and, yeah. and just get them. That's how they feel about some of these quarterbacks. A guy like Jalen Hurts has only led your team to a Super Bowl and a playoff of three, two straight playoff appearances, or three straight playoff appearances, yeah. better yet, <laughs> since becoming a full-time yeah. starter. And now, all of a sudden, somebody is putting out in the air, hey, well, maybe the coordinators go, but also the quarterback. i tell you what. I'll tell you what, Richard, they should trade him. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Trade him down the road to Pittsburgh and let Mike Tomlin get him. Right. Or trade him to Atlanta and let Bill Belichick or Harbaugh get him and see, right. what, see what happens. But, but Keyshawn, to sum this up, would you agree something really bad happened in Philadelphia? No. No. What, no. what, what, I mean, what? six out of seven? They went from yeah, 10 they, and 1 but that's to not something 11 bad. and 7? That's not something bad. That's just... They didn't play up to their expectations from a year ago, and they got off to a hot start. But along the way, they were tinkering to get out of there with Ws, and they made coaching changes in the middle of the season. They didn't fire a guy. This isn't, this isn't the Washington Commanders firing Jack Del Rio. This is not one of those. They demoted a guy and expected for the players to play for Mr. Pencil or Coach Pencil. Skip, skip, yeah. skip, skip. First off, the, it's dead wrong. It's dead wrong. It, his dead money charge would be $104 million. It's $104 million. Dead money that they on, would on incur. On what? On Jalen Hurts. On his contract. Skip, just like just like uh, Dak, on, if Jack was traded, his dead money would be substantial. Jalen Hurts' dead money is $104 yeah. million right now. Well, that, uh, okay, well then, that's so, not so, what yeah, Mike Florio check, uh, wrote. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Again, Mark, Mike Florio has been wrong before. He's wrong again. I mean, okay. no, don't sit there and <laughs> right. trust that as the gospel no, and I, be led astray, Skip. Um, yeah. But just as asinine a point as it is, I'm going to just double down and say they made mistakes in the coordinators, and they acknowledge that. They, they acknowledge they made mistakes going outside of the organization for the defense yep. and, and, and Desai and Patricia. First <laughs> off, Patricia and Slay didn't get along. You shouldn't have brought him in the building in the first place because he's not an upgrade over anything. And so, it, secondly, you stayed in the building for Brian Johnson, but when you probably should have tried to stay more quarterback-centric, hey, I need somebody that, that does the things that gets my quarterback in the position to be successful. You thought that was Brian Johnson, not enough experience as a coordinator in this situation. You thought the relationship between he and and Jalen Hurts would be able to get you through, but it just wasn't creative enough offensively. No. So that can be correct, corrected and rectified um, pretty easily. Defensively, you still have the talent. 
Now, you're not putting that talent in the best positions, but I think, again, that can be rectified. They had systems in place before. They literally had blueprints in place with Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen that showed, hey, yeah. this team can be successful. They, they, hey, the nightmare for you, Skip, in that yeah. division is if they hire Ron Rivera as their defensive coordinator, All right, man. that's going to be something to be reckoned with, buddy. All right, man. I ain't afraid. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> I ain't afraid. He was a, he's a but pretty I, I, good D.C. Hey, I know, but that defense, I told you guys from day one, that's a flawed defense. It's torturable. I, I, I thought it was torturable last year. That, that's why when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, 182 yards, you know, I saw Dak throw for 350 against that same defense last year. And you said, well, on paper it looks great, but it didn't play great on the football field. And that, that's what you got to fix. Well, it's I mean, Skip, your, your, your defense is also torchable and got torched in the first round versus Jordan Love. Okay, so, I mean, well, that, that applies to both. <laughs> okay, but you know what? The Philadelphia Eagles should get on their knees every night and thank God for the Dallas Cowboys because we were so bad for one day, one game, that we took the onus and the, the spotlight off the Philadelphia Eagles because you want to talk about an all-time collapse to lose six of your last seven, to go to Tampa and lose 32-9 to nine to Baker Mayfield? My God. I mean, that, that, that hasn't gotten nearly enough attention outside of Philadelphia. It's hard because the two seed got blown out by the seven seed, and the seven seed won for the first time in the history of the National that Football League. That's a hard the Eagles, one. The Eagles been how many yeah. times skipped to the Super Bowl since the Cowboys? Four? Since the last time the Cowboys I been? Don't know. I don't even care. Was Donovan it went. I don't Yeah, care. they went with Foles. Yeah, we're, we're better off than they are Hurts. right now. That's so all is it I three? Know. Okay, up next, we're going to talk about how the Clippers, not the Lakers, now own Los Angeles. The Clippers Man, own please. Los Angeles. Yeah. They're talking to Clipper Durrell. Right. <laughs> they about to get their deposit back on No LeBron last night for the Lakers, so the Clippers beat them pretty easily to rise within a game and a half of first place in the West. While the Lakers sank to 22 and 23, that's nine games out of first in the West in ninth place. Keyshawn, you and Richard are lifelong Laker fans. How does it feel to know the Clippers now own Los Angeles? Did they, did they own it last year? No, they they're, they're actually their their stadium is in Los Angeles County, the city of Inglewood. Uh, Inglewood. So <laughs> they don't own Los Angeles. And by the way, Skip, the Lakers have already beaten them twice. LeBron didn't even play last night. They, they beat them back in November, one thirty, one twenty five, January seventh. Yeah. They won one hundred six, one hundred three. Like, come okay. on, man. It, 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 look, on, Skip, man. Skip, Skip, we didn't hung up more banners for an in-season tournament than they've hung up in general, Skip. They've, <laughs> they've never even been to the promised land that you Touché. speak of. I mean, Skip, I want them to, I want, I, I am happy for them having this success, <laughs> but even as the 10th seed yeah. last year, we went further in the playoffs than this. <laughs> we was the 10th seed well, last week. We moved up one spot. Eight. We nine right now. I'm talking about that. Yeah, you're nine. So I I must admit publicly, I had my doubts about these Clippers. I still have my long-term doubts about them come playoff time, but they are way better than I thought they would be this quickly because Russ has accepted that six-man off-the-bench fire starter role. James Harden's playing the point beautifully, maestro-like. 
that they are really a good basketball team coached by a really good basketball coach. No, they are. They, they, they are. They're going to yeah. be something down the line to be reckoned with. But again, it's the Clippers. What do you expect from the Chargers? What do you expect from the Clippers? That's true. The same yeah. thing. Second thing. And, and what do you expect from James Harden come playoff time? Not much. Clippers and the Cowboys, uh, same team. Disappearance. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Okay, that's it for today's Undisputed. We're back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't.